Amen. Let's all stand as we read the word. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to Ruth chapter 1. And let's go straight into the word of God. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. If you came uh, ready to receive something from the Lord, then God's going to give you something here today. Amen. If you somebody's going to receive the power of the Holy Ghost here today, and God is going to deliver them, set them free. Amen. Praise the Lord. God bless you. Amen. Ruth chapter 1, verse 1, if you have it, say amen. The Bible says, In the days when the judges ruled in Israel, a severe famine came upon the land. So a man from Bethany uh, in Judah left his home and went to live in a country of Moab, taking his wife and his two sons with him. The man's name was Emelech, and his wife's name was Naomi. And there was two sons. His two sons were uh, Milon and Kelon. And they were Ephraimites from Bethlehem in the land of Judah. And when they reached Moab, they settled there. Then Emelech died, and Naomi was left with her two sons. And the two sons married, uh, married Moabite women. One married a woman named Ophrah, and the other woman named Ruth but about 10 years later both of them died his he um, this left Naomi alone without her two sons and her husband then Naomi heard in Moab that the Lord had blessed his people in Judah by giving them good crops again so Naomi and her daughter-in-laws got ready to leave Moab to return to her homeland. With her two daughter-in-laws, she set out for the place where she had been living, and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer and ask him to bless this preaching here today. Amen. Let's pray. Jesus, Lord, we give you the honor, the glory, God, right now. We ask you, Lord, to speak through us, God, that your name may be uplifted. God, we ask you, Lord, right now to open somebody's heart, or somebody's heart and mind, Lord, that they can hear your word. Let us receive your word that you may be glorified. We thank you. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Hallelujah. God bless you. Let's give God a round of applause. You may be seated if you can. Amen. I changed the title of the message, and it is called Love Zone. Amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell him Love Zone. Amen. We have been talking about marriages, amen, throughout the whole month, and it's coming to an end of the month where um, some of you are happy and some of you are sad that we're coming to an end of this uh, topic because some of you want to uh, stop it already because it keeps exposing you. And then some of you are glad because you're saying, man, I want to learn more. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that uh, in this time where I was reading, it covers, for the seven verses that I read, it covers many years. It covers years in their life. Uh, Emelech was a man that was in Judah, uh, Bethlehem, Judah. And uh, the Bible says that here there was circumstances that got a hold of the situation where he started to say, I can't be here anymore. Uh, sometimes... 
you need to understand that circumstances should not dictate to you how you're going to serve God. Circumstances should go ahead and help you and elevate you to a place of praise and worship. And not only that, but prayer to get a hold of God, to give you direction of what you should and should not be doing. Can you say amen, church? So here he comes to a place in his life where he's making a decision for all his family. Emelik makes a decision, and this is one of the reasons why it is so difficult for some people, because you need to understand that the husband, uh, the father, will be placed under a lot of authority and a lot of, um, a lot of authority, a lot of dominion from God so that he can lead his people, lead his family to a place where they need to be. When the man is given the responsibility for him to go ahead and lead his family, amen, whether he wants to believe that or not, amen, God has given him the responsibility to guide and direct his family to where they need to be. Can you say amen, church? Amen. Some brothers want to go ahead and give the responsibility over to the wife. But I'm here to tell you that God will still hold you accountable on that day so that you can go ahead and stand before the Lord. This is why the scriptures tell us that we are to, we are to uh, love your wife like Christ loved the church and died for it. That means he's telling the wife to submit, but he's telling us to crucify. Can you say amen, church? So we have to learn how to crucify ourselves. you got to learn to die on a daily. Well, Amalek was one that made a decision for his family on that day. And he said, we're going to move. We're going to get up and get out of this situation. Because of the circumstances, because of the famine that came to the land, the Bible tells us that here, all of a sudden now, uh, some people panic because uh, they lost their job, and now it's easier to go ahead and live in another city or another state. Amen. They're not being led of the Lord. They're not being led of what God wants. They're just being led of the circumstances. Can you say amen, church? Leave your family, leave their church, leave everything where God has placed them. But because there has been something that came your way, all of a sudden now you're saying, I got to go where it's cheaper. I got to go where it's less rent. I got to go where you can live at. And people are moving out like nobody's business. You got to be led of the Lord in order for God, for you to be in the will of God and know what God wants in your life. Can you say amen, church? Just don't let the circumstances dictate to you how you're going to serve God. So you need to understand that the Bible's telling us that here Emelech gets the circumstances and he puts those first before everything that has happened in his life. So the Bible tells us that here he goes and he goes into Moab. The city of Moab is a descendant of Lot. And here he goes into this city where they're not really doing what they're supposed to be doing. Uh, it's a place where he heard it was good, but yet the Lord had blessed them there in Judah. If we see the, the name Judah is actually praise and worship. So here he left a place that God was supposed to go ahead and bless him in a place of praise. And Bethlehem, Bethlehem uh, means bread. So he actually left the praise and the bread of life, which is Jesus Christ. And he went and he leaned to his own understanding. And he went to another place where he thought that he could get blessed. Can you say amen, church? 
So I want you to understand that sometimes when God is dealing with you, he deals with you in a place where you're going to have to come back all, all over and back to the same spot that you left in the first place. Can you say amen? Can I get an amen or a whoop whoop? And I want you to understand that when God starts to deal with you, it's because he loves you. God starts dealing with you because he loves you. But we're the ones that say, wait a minute, I don't want to go into Judah. I don't feel like going into Judah. I don't feel like going into praise or into worship. I want to go into Moab and I want to go ahead and mourn and go through some stuff in my life. And I want to be in control of my life. So what happened was all of a sudden now he goes into control of his own life when God already had him all taken care of in the beginning. And yet he decided to leave and say, I don't want this no more. I want to decide for my own self what I want to do. I'm here to tell you that you can't decide on your own self. The Bible says not to lean to your own understanding, but trust in the Lord with all your heart, and he will direct your path of where you need to go. So your responsibility, brother, is big. Turn to your neighbor and tell him your responsibility is big. Your responsibility is very, very big because you're the one that's leading your family of where to go or what to do or the reactions that God has for you. Amen. What you're going to do, how you're going to react when things come your way. Amen. There's always a reason it's ordained of the Lord when things start to happen in your life. Amen. When trials and tribulations start to happen in your life, it's ordained of the Lord in order for you to go ahead and react the way God wants you to react. Not the way you're supposed to, though not the way that you think you should be reacting, but the way that God wants you to react. That's why you should go ahead and give God all the praise and the worship in the middle of the trial and the worship because God wants you to praise him right in the middle of everything that's going on in your life. Can you say amen, church? So here God, Emelech, takes his family, and in the process, what happens is that God starts to deal with him on a one-to-one basis. You know, when uh, you're in an environment where uh, you have to prosper in, you're put in an environment where God knows exactly what to put you at or what to do. He didn't put you underneath the water because you wouldn't survive underneath the water. Amen. He put you in a place where you could breathe and you have breath. So here he put a fish in the water because he knows he can survive in that element, in that, in that environment. So God puts people in places where they know they can develop and they can go ahead and thrive. You need to understand that here God uh, will put a man, he, when he put the man in the garden, he put him in the garden so he could thrive. If a person has a seed and you have a seed, it can be in your hand, but it's not until you put it in the ground that the actual ground, the dirt, amen, demands product, demands something from that seed. Can you say amen, church? So the ground itself, the dirt itself, the soil itself, where it belongs, demands it to go ahead and break through and bust through and go ahead and bring whatever's on the inside to the outside. Can you say amen, church? So I want you to understand that the environment that you're in is going to produce what it's supposed to produce because God established it that way. This is one of the reasons why there are some people that go ahead and, and get uh, are, are very difficult for them because they left the environment of where God put them in in the first place. 
So when they left the environment, amen, all of a sudden now your dad dies, your mom dies, your brothers die. Everything starts to die around you because you left the environment that God called you to be in in the first place. There's things that start to happen. Relationships start to die. Your money starts to get short. Amen. Everything starts to get short when all of a sudden you get into a place where you're not supposed to be at. An environment where God didn't put you at. When God puts you in the environment, you prosper. God puts you there and he takes you to the next level of your life. He takes you to the next prosper area of your life. This is why it's so difficult for some... Because then sometimes they blame God for the things that have happened. But yet it's your own decision of what you choose where you want to be in the Lord. Whether you want to be in God or you don't want to be in God. Amen. You choose what you want to be and where you want to be at. This is why success is a choice. You can, you can choose to succeed in life and say, I want to serve God with all my heart. You just made a decision that you're going to succeed for the rest of your life. But you can also choose to go ahead and not succeed and say, I don't want to serve God. I don't want to put God first. And then your success, you already predicted your success. So I want you to understand that you're, it's in your hands. Whatever God has put you at, there's where God wants you to thrive and become the man and the woman of God that God wants you to be at. So the Bible tells us that the environment of where you're supposed to be at, God is going to provide, God is going to help you to get to the place where you need to be, amen, but yet Emelech made the decision not to be in his garden. Emelech decided to say, you know what, I'm going to take my family and I'm going to take them out, and here you have to understand where the decisions that you make will affect your destiny. The, every decision that you make will affect everything that will happen for your family, for your wife, for your, for everyone that's around you. It will affect you. And this is why we need to be God led. We need to be God led on a daily basis. The Bible says that you need to die on a daily basis. You need to pick up your cross and you need to follow him on a daily basis. Do I got anybody that died this morning? Do I got anybody that died this morning? Or you still have an attitude. You still got an attitude. You still cussing this morning. You still alive this morning. You still messing around. I need somebody that died and knows that Jesus Christ resurrected and they can resurrect just like Jesus Christ resurrected and they can die on a daily and glorify God in the middle of it all. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible tells us that here he takes this decision and he dies. His sons die, and Naomi is left with the two daughter-in-laws. And the Bible tells us that here in the process where God is trying to deal with them, God will always take you to a place where you can prosper, but it's up to you whether you want to break through or not. So you have to understand that when God starts to deal with you, it's easier to cry and it's easier just for you to go through the feeling and the emotion that you don't, nobody cares about you. Amen. The woe is me and everything else that's going to happen. But yet God is saying, I need you to go bypass your feelings and your emotions. And I need you to get to the place where I need you to be in order for you to prosper and take your family to the next level of your life. 
So the Bible's telling us that here, the moment that you get out of being in the soil, amen, when a plant is uprooted from the soil, the moment that it gets uprooted is the moment that it starts dying. It's not dead. It just doesn't die automatically. It takes a process to die. Can you say amen, church? You can see it. Amen. The leaves are up. The flowers are up. The moment you pull it out, you see the roots. Amen. You look at it and then you just place it down. And by the moment of uh, slowly but surely, it begins to die. And the form that is there, all of a sudden now, it's very difficult. It's hard. Amen. You see it, that it's dying. What do you do with it? Amen. The plant is dead because it, it got uprooted out of its environment where it's supposed to be, where it's supposed to thrive, where it's supposed to live, where it's supposed to become prosperous, where it's supposed to be, where it's supposed to be. And I'm here to tell you that God is going to do the exact same thing because God don't want you just walking around doing whatever you want. God wants you to be in the will of God so that you can go ahead and feed what God wants in your life. He said, look, I am the branch and you are the vine. Ah, I, I can feed you wherever you're at. I can give you whatever you need. I'm the one that's going to help you in a time of need. You need to make the right decision for God to take you to the right place. Can you say amen, church? So the Bible tells us that here he goes to a place where it's unknown. Now I can see this in years Ten years went by, the Bible tells us, and here you get used to the comfort and you get used to the place of where you're at. And you get used to everything else. And this is why when change comes and God wants to deal with you on a one-to-one -one basis, we reject it because we think the comfort is supposed to be helping us instead of the change. Can you say amen, church? The change is supposed to take you to the next level, not the comfort that you're supposed to be in. Can you say amen, church? So I'm here to tell you that went to a place, amen, God was telling him, look, you need to return. Some of us don't have the pray. You don't come to church. You come to church to go ahead and, and be here, but you don't have the, the, the praise and the worship that you first came with. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? When you first came to church and you got filled with the Holy Ghost, you can care, you can care less who was around you. You can care whether it was the, whether it was a pastor, whether it was a minister, whether it was the pastor's wife. You can care less. You just started worshiping and glorifying God and giving God the honor and the glory because you felt something. God filled you. God delivered you. God set you free. And the first time you felt it, you felt love in that zone and you were like, man this is it i need this i don't care what anybody says i'm gonna worship god and glorify god because i'm in the love zone i'm in it right in the middle so you need to understand that when you you get into that love zone ain't nobody gonna change your mind can you say amen church ain't nobody gonna change your mind Nobody's going to change your mind when you get into that love zone because your mind has been made up that this is what has, you need. This is what you want. This is how you want it done because you ain't never felt somebody love you like Jesus Christ loves you. You ain't never felt that kind of love. You ain't never felt that kind of mercy. You ain't never felt that goodness of the Lord. I don't care. Your husband can't do it. Your wife can't do it. Your children can't do it. This is a love that goes deep like you ain't never seen seen before right. 
Amen. So you need to understand that when you get in this zone, it is different. Because this zone, when you get in it, it is something that takes you to another level, not understanding, not even knowing the elements on the outside. And you see the elements and you see what's going on, but you don't care because what you feel is what Jesus put inside of you. So you can care less about what people see. You got to understand that here, uh, Ruth came to a place and told Naomi, Naomi, I'm going to go ahead and be with you. I'm going to, I want to be your, with your God. I want to, I want to be with you everywhere I go. Amen. The dedication that she had was one that we need to have a dedication to serve God with all our hearts. She even said, look, I, even when I die, I want to be with you. I want to go all the way with you. Don't worry about it, Naomi. I got you. Don't worry. I got you your back. Amen. I'm trying to tell somebody that you got to fall in love with God all over again and get back to that zone when you first fell in love with God and give God everything that rightfully belongs to the Lord. You wouldn't act the way you're acting right now. You wouldn't act and just sit there and just do nothing. You would give God all the honor and all the glory and all the praise and do everything you need to do. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Come on, would you give them, would you give them a 10 second praise right there where you're at? Ah, come on. Some of you would love God just to love God. Some of you would just praise God just to praise God. I need somebody that has a love that will supersede your flesh. Hallelujah. So I want you to understand that when you fall in love... Amen. There is nothing like it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? When you fall in love, there's nothing like it. The first kiss. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? The first kiss, you just explode all over the place. Oh, Lord. Okay, well, let's take it back to PG. <laughs> okay. So when you fall in love with the Lord... You can care less. I remember getting filled with the Holy Ghost. I didn't care less who was in the room. I didn't care less who was watching me. What my moves were like. What I moved like. I, I wasn't caring about somebody watching me with a video or a camera. I could care less. Put it on there. I want you to understand who I love and who's my lover and who's my king and who's my everything. I want you to put it on there. I want you to see what's going on in my life because I'm in the love zone and I want God to bless me in the next area of my life. Lord have mercy. So the Bible tells us that here, you have to go back. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, go back. Because you're going to go through some stuff. You're going to go through some trials and some tribulations. You want to know why? Because you in your heart and your mind said, that pastor don't know what he's talking about. He's funny. He ain't been through nothing. He don't know, he don't know me. Everybody know what I'm talking about? Your attitude is what's going to move you away from what God wants in your life. So the key is to change your attitude. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, change your attitude. Quit acting like the word can't penetrate in your heart. 
Quit acting like nobody can move you. Quit acting like God can't move you. Quit acting like you ain't got nothing in. Ah, I want somebody to know Jesus can move me at any time. He can call me at any time. He can move me at 1 o'clock in the morning, at 3 o'clock in the morning. He can move me at any time he wants. Lord have mercy. Some of you fall in love. You remember the first time you fell in love? Oh, Lord, let me take some of you back a little bit. You fell in love. You would wait for that person to call. Does anybody know what I'm talking about in the house? You would wait hours. Some of you would imagine what they're doing. I know there's a phone right next to them. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Your attitude changes. Your heart changes. Your mind changes. Everything about you changes. You don't even care when your ear gets hot. Those old phones. Anybody know? Remember what? Landlines. Anybody remember landlines? Yeah, landline, and the thing was plastic, and your ear would get all hot, and you would switch it over to the other side because you just wanted to hear. You just wanted to hear somebody breathe. You just wanted to hear the breath. Oh, I wish I had somebody that understood that I just want to hear Jesus one more time. I just want to hear the love of God all over me. I need to get in the love zone and love Jesus in the house. Lord, have mercy. Now I got you back over there. I got to pull you back. <laughs> the Bible says, Emelech goes to Moab. When he goes to Moab, it's an unfamiliar place. And he's trying to adjust. Sometimes you go to a place where you know you're not supposed to be at. And you're trying to adjust. Peter tried to adjust in the fire. Lord, have mercy. But it just didn't fit him. Because they told him, look, you even look like him. You even act like him. You know what? Yeah, we've seen you. You were with him. As a matter of fact, you hugged him a couple of times. You're trying to adjust to some stuff. And Emelech tried to adjust his whole family to some stuff. When God was saying, look, I don't need you in that area. I need you back in the middle of the praise of Judah. I need you back in the middle of Bethlehem. Of getting my bread and getting everything you need. And I need you to go ahead and start feeding yourself. And start giving God praise and worship. And magnifying the name of the Lord. Moab is a place where... You just go just to go. But Judah is a place where you don't feel like going. Sometimes you don't feel like worshiping the Lord. Does anybody know what I'm talking about this morning? Where you woke up and you're just like, man, I don't feel like worshiping. I don't even feel like going to church. I don't even feel like hearing the word. I don't even feel. 
Judah, you're supposed to go back there and you're supposed to pull some praise out of you and you're supposed to give God everything that rightfully belongs to the Lord. When you're in Judah, you start praising God even though you don't feel like praising God. In the middle, in the middle of the praise, the worship, you stay. You're supposed to stay. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, stay. You're supposed to leave because of the circumstances that come your way. You're supposed to leave your marriage. You're supposed to leave your husband or your wife. You, you got to stay. Oh, that was weak. We're having a love banquet, right? Love retreat. Marriage retreat. You're supposed to stay. The reason why you don't stay is because you're in Moab. And Moab, you just do whatever you want to do, how you want to do it. But when you go to Judah, you barely walk in. Amen. Just praising God brings the presence of Almighty God down because God dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. So when you're in Moab, you got feelings, you got emotions, you got all kinds of stuff going on. But when you go into Judah, you got the presence of God giving everything that you need. You don't need anything else in Moab. You need everything in God. Quit trying to find something that God can give you. Could try to find it somewhere else where God can give you. He can give you wealth. Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things shall be added unto you. He will give you a companion. He'll give you what you need. Amen. God will give you the comforter. He'll give you peace. He'll give you joy. He'll give you everything you need. Why are you trying to go to Moab and try to get confused and confuse your whole family? Lot gets to a place where he has to decide. Abraham tells him, look, you got to decide what you want to do. You want to go Sodom and Gomorrah? You want to go to the plains over there? Or you want to go to the desert? He said, oh, it looks really good over there. So he goes, the Bible says he goes, takes his family into Sodom and Gomorrah. And you know, when you got convictions and you start saying, nope, I don't want to do this. Nope, I don't want to do that. After a while, the convictions are dropped down. You confuse the kids. And you're like, wait a minute. Last year, we didn't do that. Why are we doing it this year? Last year, we didn't cuss. Now you're cussing. What's really going on around here? Is this a free-for-all? Can we start doing it now, Dad? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Lot took his family into Sodom and Gomorrah and little by little the things started to come down. This started to come down and that started to come down. So much so that he became an official in the city where now he had a position. Amen. Kids were so confused. Do we serve God? Do we not serve God? Do we put God first? Do we put politicians first? What do we do? I'm here to tell you that the Bible says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. 
you got to push everything to one side you can't just go with the feeling and the emotion you got to go with what the word of God tells you and he's saying I'm coming back I got to go back to Judah the Bible says that his wife said let's get it together there's blessings back in the praises of his people there's praises there's blessings Right in the middle of it, the blessings are coming down. I'm here to tell you that when you begin to praise God, your attitude will change. Your environment will change. Your family will start to change. Come on, I'll prove it to you. Give give God a 15-second praise right there where you're at. Come on, I'll prove it to you. The presence of God is in the house, and God dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. Come on, come on, come on, praise him, praise him, praise him. Praise him like your wife ain't next to you. Praise him like your husband ain't next to you. Praise him. to a close coming to a close turn to your neighbor Tom he's coming to a close if you didn't get nothing please get this here we go the Bible says she made up her mind she said she got ready to leave get ready to return to her homeland that's what the Bible says She got ready to return to go back. Do you know that takes a change of mind for you to make up your mind and say, we got to go back. We we can't stay here. We got to go back. What God has given us from the beginning, we left it. And when we left it, we got to go back so that God can bless us even more because I'm hearing that the blessings are coming. Even in your trial, your tribulations, and everything that's happening in your life, you'll still hear about the blessings that that you left. You'll hear about the stuff that happened. Man, he married her. She married him. Man, I should have married him. Lord have mercy. You'll hear about it even when you're in the world and you say, man, I messed up. God had a blessing for me. God had this for you. I have good news for you that God will take you back to the house and the glory of God and the house of praise and he'll give you the stuff that your hearts desire. He'll still give you everything that you need. I got good news for you. You got to get back to the place where God wants you to be at. It's not dead anymore. Amen. It's alive. God wants you to go to the place where it's alive, where there's praise, where there's worship, where his presence is at right from the beginning. I'm tired of doing church. We got to get down where the presence of God. When I go to church, I want to feel the mercy of God. I want to see a miracle happening right before our eyes. You may be seated. The Bible tells us this. It says, 
where she had been living. She said, this is the place. She says, she set out from the place where she was living and they took the road that would lead them back to Judah. There ain't different roads. There ain't, there ain't different areas. Pastor, just tell me what I got to do and this is what I'm going to do. Let me tell you something. You're going to have to learn how to humble yourself to get back to the place where God left you in the first place. The place that you left. God, didn't never, never, God will never leave you nor forsake you. The place that you left from the beginning. Because God established it for you to be there and give you blessings. You just had to go through a little famine in order for you to see how much you really wanted. You see, God's going to put you through a trial and a tribulation just to see how much you really desire to be in the presence of Almighty God. Just to see how much you want God to bless you in the next level. God will put you through a trial and a tribulation. Can you say amen, church? Lord have mercy. Here. The Bible tells us this. The disciples come up and they tell Jesus, this man is blind. Who sinned? Mama or daddy? And Jesus looks at him and they already have a conceived notion that somebody sinned. You know, people are going to judge you and they don't even know your story. Some people are going to judge you and they don't even know what you're all about. They don't even know what's going on in your life. They're going to start judging you and tell well, who sinned. I know. And all of a sudden they say stuff about you so they can take the focus off themselves and put it on you. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You got to understand that when God starts to deal with you Jesus rebuked him and said hey neither this condition is so that God can get the honor and the glory oh, I wish I had some why am I in this condition pastor because God wants to get the honor and the glory why am I single because God wants to get the honor and the glory why am I married because God wants to get the honor and the glory why are my kids messed up because God wants to get the honor and the glory right in the middle of it it's all stand Come on, somebody. You left the Lord a long time ago. You're leaving the Lord right now. And just formalism got you connected. Just, just formalism got you connected. Just the traditions got you connected. I know I got to go to church on Sunday. I know I got to be there. I know I got to hear the word. Just, just tradition got you connected. But you have no intimacy there's no intimacy with Jesus. Do you know that there's husbands and wives that just live like roommates? But there's no intimacy. I got real quiet. They just check in and check out. But there is no intimacy. 
you got to understand that God wants you to get back to your first kiss, your first love zone, your first place of where you were at to love God and fall in love with the Lord and not care about what anybody said and how you look and what is happening and this is a fashion place and I want to come in dressed. You know, sometimes when you come too dressed, you don't want to worship because you don't want to mess up your suit. You remember when you had that that willies? Anybody know what I mean? The goodwill? When you got your first suit and you didn't know what needed to depend on anybody, you went to the goodwill and got it for 50 cents and you wore it to church and you gave God all the honor and the glory and you gave God praise. The tie didn't match. It was all messed up, tore up from the floor. Had a rip right here, but you came in the house of the Lord anyway. Sisters, you don't want to go ahead and worship God because you might get your high heels broken. You know, sometimes coming to church is stuff that you're saying, wait a minute, man, we got to quit acting this way and start giving God the honor and the glory and entertain the presence of Almighty God and give God everything that rightfully belongs to God. Would you help me entertain the presence of the Lord? Would you help me entertain the presence of Almighty God right now? Would you lift up your hands and help me to entertain? The Bible says that God dwells in the midst of the praises of his people. Would you lift up your hands right there where you're at? Would you love the Lord with me? Come on, would you love God? Would you love God with everything you got? Would you put everything to one side? Would you put everything to one side and give God honor and glory? Would you get back into the love zone? Would you get back into the first time? Forget about what your husband says. Forget about what your wife says. Forget about what your children say.